Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein Campus will be leading each week's study. This is our 110th episode. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we're going to be doing a big wrap-up of the last several weeks through the book of First Peter. Hi, Pastor Dale. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, great. So today will be just a little bit different. This is kind of a transition episode for us if you're following kind of in line, if you listen every week, um, or if you're listening to this many, many hundreds of years in the future and you're listening in order. This is kind of a transitional um, episode for us. Coming out of the book of First Peter, we're going to do a wrap-up. And then starting in um, the next couple of weeks throughout the summer, we're going to be doing a little bit different format, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But Pastor Dale, how are we going to work through today? Well, we're going to just go back from the very beginning and then work our way through very quickly and hit on the big ideas or big themes that Peter is addressing throughout the letter. So as a quick reminder, Peter is writing from Rome to these new Christians who are living in Asia Minor, a modern-day Turkey, and they're facing times off and on of persecution, uh, persecution from people in their communities. Uh, these people used to be their friends and their acquaintances, but now they're being persecuted because these new Christians have devoted their lives to Christ and they are no longer living in the sinful lifestyle that um, that uh, they used to live in. And so these people don't like it and they are going to give these new Christians a hard time. Very good. Now, this is pretty apropos for us, right? You know, because... Um, they're, they're living in this world where they could be held accountable for, in, in their job, for being a Christian, mm-hmm. in the marketplace. You know, people wouldn't sell things to them. It wasn't just thrown into the Colosseum and eaten by lions. Right, right. Now, just to back up just a little bit more, in case somebody's just listening to this, who is Peter and where is he in his life? Like, what, what makes him special? Why is he writing this? Yeah, so Peter was one of the 12 apostles, and he walked with Jesus for over three years. And so he uh, was a firsthand eyewitness to the life of Jesus in his earthly ministry. And so Peter had some stumbles. To put it kindly, um, when he was uh, with Jesus, but ultimately he was restored and he went on to be a great leader in the early church. In fact, when we look in the book of Acts, uh, specifically in the first 10 or so chapters, Peter played a prominent role in that. And so, uh, this was written a number of years, perhaps 30 or so years after uh, his experience with Christ. And so he is a more mature believer right now. He uh, has had some some years under his belt of living out the Christian faith. No doubt he experienced uh, some other persecutions himself. And so he, as he's writing this, he is writing to them as a as a fellow fellow participant in the trials and sufferings that they're that they're encountering. It's always good to know that the person writing understands you. Yeah, this is not some academic letter. This is not some theoretical letter. This has been lived out. And we know it's not academic because you've talked about this because his grammar is awful. It is, yes. And his sentence structure, and it is a little hard to follow in the original language. Yes. But by the grace of God, Mm -hmm. God can follow any of us. You know, anyone can follow any of us. Yes. Yeah. So, he, he talks about this idea of suffering, and it's really part of 
their identity. It, their, their, their wrongful suffering identifies them with Christ. They are now identified as part of God's family. And so, uh, as part of that, is because they have a new father, they're expected to exhibit some different behaviors. And so, part of those behaviors are, how do they live in submission to people who are oppressing them? How do they live in submission to one another? And so Peter spends a lot of time really working through some of those. He gives what's called a household code, which talks to different groups and tells them, here's how you should be living in light of your new Christian identity and in light of the community in which you live. So that's a big part of Peter's discussions with them. Great word on that. Now, a household code. Mm-hmm. Do most of us need a household code? I think it would be very helpful, actually, if we did. <laughs> it is, it is. Well, you know, I only have one rule in my house. It'd probably be better if I had a full code, but my one rule is don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Kind of just fills in everywhere. I have a lot of teenagers. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of teenagers. Yes. That probably work. But let's talk about that a little bit. It, it, it's not just the idea of this set of behaviors, mm-hmm. behavioral modification. We talk about that. That's, that's not what Christianity is about. Right. But he's really talking about putting a physical manifestation to the spiritual work that God's doing inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that is most often going to be expressed and experienced by those closest to us. Yes. And if we look at the behaviors Peter calls for, they were so countercultural. If you were to go back and, and say, um, you know, all the, how people are to submit to one another. And um, it was really kind of unheard of at the time. And it's like, wait, people mistreat me, but I'm supposed to respond in this way. And so um, it, w- it was so revolutionary. But Peter reminds them that the only way you can do this is because you've been transformed by Christ. This isn't simply a matter of your will. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables you to live this kind of life. And so, uh, again, he's going to talk to them about the, these trials and all the, the suffering and to remind them that, that God is actually using this for his purposes. It's to strengthen them. It's to purify them as well as to transform them, to look more like Christ. Well, and that transformation, I think, is a little bit pragmatic in that basically the idea is you're going to suffer for Christ. Mm-hmm. We do need to make sure we don't bring on some of that suffering ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and he hits on that big time. He's like, look, you know, it, it's good if you suffer for doing what's right, but if you suffer basically for being a fool, you get what you deserve. So he takes pain several times throughout the letter to remind them, look, they're suffering for doing good, which is what I'm commending, and suffering for doing wrong, which is you're simply getting what you deserve, right? And so he, he is going to continually call on these people to live holy lives because they have been set apart from society and they have been set apart for God. And so again, they are to pursue these virtues through the power of the Holy Spirit that allow them to live so radically different in their communities that people will look at them and go, you know what? I've been trash talking you and we've been mistreating you. And yet I see the way you respond. I see how you're behaving. That's not normal. Why do you act this way? What gives you this hope? And that's what Peter's goal is, so that they will ask, and you be ready to tell them about the hope you have in Christ. 
I love that. And now I, I think there's, you know, this kind of testimony it goes back to our testimony, right? Our mm-hmm. story, how we live it out. It seems to me like the, there, there's three types of testimony, more or less, in the New Testament, right? There's prophetic testimony. Somebody walks up and says, like Jesus would do, you know, yes, I know you've had four husbands and you're not living, you know, like the woman at the well, you know, mm-hmm. he just totally, he does that. Uh, then I think there's the miraculous testimony, like mm-hmm. people being healed, um, the, the the whole teleportation thing with Ethiopian eunuch and mm-hmm. uh, Philip. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. Star Trek st- transporter stuff, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's cool, right? And then I think Peter's hitting on where most of us live. Because most of us probably won't um, raise somebody from the dead or heals, you know, somebody from leprosy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably not even cast out a demon or do anything miraculous. Being a prophet is is a calling or a gifting mm-hmm. most of us don't have. But this, living a real testimony of the the inward work being shown on the outside, mm-hmm. we can all do. Yes. So I, I I love this because you know Peter's coming towards the end of his life, and you know when he was with Jesus, it was all about showing Jesus how much he loved him mm-hmm. by you know chopping a dude's ear off, wanting to punch people, and I mean you know like mm-hmm. that that was him. But thirty years later, he's saying he if you really want to honor God, do it His way. Yes, yeah, and. One of those ways is um, being ready to to suffer. And he's saying, look, Jesus, he is your example. And this is so appropriate for us today, right? If we say we are Christians, for me personally, I don't like to use that word because so many people have hijacked the meaning of the word Christian, that they take it to mean whatever they want. If we say I'm a Jesus follower or I'm a Christ follower, that's more appropriate. And Jesus is saying, okay, if you really are going to follow him, He's given you the template. He's given you the example. And you simply need to lay your life down on top of his, on top of that example, and say, can I trace my life over his? Because if we can, then look what happened to Jesus. And Jesus even says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart of overcoming the world. And so if we could encapsulate all of 1 Peter in one of the passages of scripture, that is it. He's saying, you know what? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus is overcome, and one day you will have this great victory, and that is our hope. Oh, I I was sitting at a, a dining room table with a couple last night, and they have a couple wayward children, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about life and all that. And four stories came up, and 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 two of them went this way. One of them was a story of how someone treated my mother when I was in high school so awfully she never walked into church. Mm-hmm. The other one, the same situation, over divorce. And the other one was this lady's mom and was back in the 50s. And a deacon from their church walks over and her mom's like, I'm unworthy, all of these kind of things. And he opens up the Bible and just goes through God's love for her mm-hmm. and shows her that, you know, that God cares for her and use her. And through all of this, because the husband was wrong, he was cheating on her and all sorts of stuff. Showed her, hey, listen, you're within God's will here. This is just a time of suffering. Mm-hmm. God loves you. You have value. You are going to impact me. Mm-hmm. And this lady ultimately got saved because that deacon walked over to her mother and took the time to, to tell her mother mm. 
that she was loved and that life is hard sometimes and to hang in there and God loves her. Mm -hmm. And so we see two testimonies there of how our actions affect others in Mm -hmm. suffering and then how we respond to suffering. Yes. And, you know, ultimately, every action we have is bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we don't handle suffering well, Mm-hmm. That affects all of those around us and maybe even generations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, talking about suffering, I'm sure you have many more paragraphs to talk about on suffering because what? Two thirds of the book mm-hmm. is talking about suffering. So, yeah. let's move on. Let's suffer our next point. Oh, good. So, here, here's the great thing it, Peter, Peter tells him, hey, guys, here's what's coming. You need to be ready. There's going to be more suffering that's going to come. And and you think, well, my gosh, that's all you've been talking about. Now you're telling me that there's more of it ahead. And he does this to prepare them because he doesn't want them to be blindsided. And if you've ever um, experienced an uh, unpleasant surprise, you're caught in the moment. You're like, oh, my gosh, I did not see this coming. What do I do? But if someone were to tell you ahead of time, hey, let me tell you, next month on this day, this thing is going to happen, so you need to be ready. How much better would it be? You can prepare yourself mentally, you can prepare yourself spiritually, and do other preparations you need, so when that time comes, you're ready. And that's what Peter's whole goal was, was get ready, it's coming, don't be surprised when it does, so I'm telling you now. And so he is telling that so they can prepare, and then I love towards the end, he reminds them, oh, by the way, it's not just you guys who are suffering. Christians from all over the world they're experiencing the same things that you are. So not only does it help us to know what's coming, but it also, I think, brings us comfort knowing that, okay, I'm not alone in this. I'm not being treated this way because I'm being singled out. This is just simply part of what it means to be part of the family of God. And I think this is so important, especially for new believers, is that if you think these trials, if you think these temptations, if you think these thoughts that you're having are unique to you, they are not. They are things that, that that Christians have experienced since the beginning of Christendom. And so you are not alone in, in this situation. And know this, that difficult times will continue to come. That was encouraging and difficult all the same. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, what are some ways that people can prepare mm-hmm. for this persecution? Because we're, we're saying prepare for it. Yes. Peter's saying prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Well, people are going, well, how do I prepare for it? Yes. So, how do I prepare for it? Okay, really a few different ways. Number one, always be dependent on God. Always be in prayer, seeking His grace, seeking His protection, seeking His wisdom and guidance and knowing how to do things. So, so that's number one. Number two, knowing God's Word. If we know God's Word accurately, we can push back on those times when Satan comes for us. We saw in the temptation of Jesus when he was tempted, what did he do? He quoted scripture. So it's important for us to know scripture well so that we can be prepared and know the plans of the enemy. And so um, here, here's the other thing too, is um, when NFL teams, when they're going to, or, or college football teams, when they're going to play an, an opponent, what do they do? They study the film. They look at who that the opposing team played the week before or even weeks before, and they look at their moves and they become familiar with them. So when they see the formations on the field, they know, I know what's coming. God has given us his playbook. It's everything that we need to know so that we can be ready. We can be prepared to defend ourselves 
against the moves of the enemy, but then also to know how to behave in ways that honor God. So we have prayer, we have reading God's word, and we also have being a part of a community. In other words, being active in your local church. Again, Peter did not write this to individuals. He wrote this to communities of believers. You know, if I could text, if I could textify it here, y'all need to do this. Y'all be on the lookout for that. And so that's important for us as well, is that we need to be living in community with one another to support one another. Because if we don't, that enemy, the devil who roars like a lion, can easily pick us off if we're out there alone. So pray, reading God's word, and being an active member in your local church. Those are three big ways. That's that's a one that's wonderful. I, I also think, you know, you're talking about looking at game tape. It's real important that you also look at yourself mm-hmm. a lot. Yes. That, you know, when you talk about prayer, I think that's one of the, the most powerful things in prayer. Spend time with God. If you're in his presence, anything that is unworthy in you will become very obvious. Yes. And to me, that's one of those things that has brought me um, along the farthest and the quickest is when I'm self-aware mm-hmm. and that I deal with my mess. Mm-hmm. Um, because that allows me to then operate in the difficult times in a way that honors God. Mm-hmm. Now, as we're rolling around and um, we're kind of drawing towards the close, is there something that, that you think that is just not really obvious in all of First Peter here? Something that maybe you might miss if you're just going to read through it real fast or Maybe even you listen to all the podcasts, something that, that we might have missed. Yeah, so we wonder, when is Christ going to return? Of course, people have been saying since, since Christ ascended into heaven, well, he is going to return someday. It'll be soon, it'll be soon. And Peter is reminding them throughout, and I think we need to really not just have head knowledge, but truly from our hearts believe that Christ will return one day and that when he does, that's when everything will be made right. And everything that we have experienced in this lifetime will be nothing compared to all of that. And I think intellectually we know it, but it is internalizing that in our hearts that really makes the difference. And so Peter has been getting at that. Um, but I think that for us, it's, it's, we need to move it from the intellectual to the heart phase. And, and I think his point is that Jesus is coming back. And a lot of people think that that's a chance to like pull back. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's saying is if this was a race, say you're running a mile, you've ran three quarters of a mile now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've ran eight tenths of a mile. A lot of people want to walk that last hundred yards. Right. And I think what he's saying is let's run it faster than we've ever ran it, run it before. Mm-hmm. Let's sprint to the end. Let's do a great job. Let's, because you and I both run, and the, the last little bit's always painful. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing quite like breaking a record or doing the best you've ever done or winning a race. Yeah, and throughout the letter, we see this is nothing passive. Peter never talks about anything in a passive way. He's, he's always talking about being active. Yes, God is in control, but you and I as believers, we have a role to play in our in, you know, in ourselves and his plan. And so we need to be actively doing what he has called us to do. Great word, great word. Now, um, we're kind of coming to the close of our time together. Do you have anything else to just go, we got to talk about this. We can't walk away from today. 
without talking about this? Well, that is this. If you were to read First Peter's letter and apply it to today's setting, you could not think of a better writing, right? About talking about persecutions and about, hey, there's certain behaviors going on in society then. And we see that those behaviors going on in society now. And you're being marginalized because you don't think this is okay. Well, oh my goodness, fast forward to today. And we as Christians are being marginalized because there are certain um, practices that are being embraced in our world that we don't agree with. And because we don't agree with them, when we speak up, we are marginalized. We are mistreated. And so for, for believers today who feel like, oh man, you know, no one ever has dealt with the stuff that we're doing. No, trust me, go back and read First Peter. You know, if you did not know it was written almost 2,000 years ago, you would swear, oh my gosh, he's writing to me. You know, the, the, these people live the, the, these licentious lifestyles. They look at us and go, what's your problem? You know, this is perfectly normal. And we say, mm, no, it's not. Then they come after us. And so same thing there. So, so that is the big takeaway from all this. I've enjoyed First Peter, even though we've had a lot of suffering talk. I, I think it's been a very, very impactful, and, and I hope it has been for all of our listeners. Now, we're going to pivot to talking a little bit about what's going to happen this summer. Mm-hmm. So why don't you let people know kind of where we're going with it? And I'm going to preface all this with the idea, well, we talk about this sometimes in our staff, what we're about to do is an experiment. Mm-hmm. And if it's awful... We will say we learned something and we will move on to the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. You are a scientist, right? That's what you do with, ex- you know, you test a thesis, yes, a theory, a theorem. We're going to test it. And if it comes back bad, we will do something else. Mm-hmm. But why don't you tell them what we were thinking about doing? Yeah, so um, we have always done this podcast, as you know, in audio only. And the goal for the summer is to uh, experiment with a video now. If you want to continue listening to the podcast, how you're currently doing, no worries. It will still be available to you in audio-only format. If you prefer, however, to uh, to participate in a a visual format, then we are going to be recording this. uh, And the podcast format is going to be a little different. Uh, In addition to video, it's going to be a shorter format, so maybe five, maybe ten minutes maximum. And we are going to be... Uh, looking at application points from Pastor Mark's sermons through the book of Psalms. So he is in a series called Psalmology. And so we are going to be looking at one Psalm a week, picking out one particular point of application, and then kind of unpacking that and trying to make it more practical for all of us to live out. Great stuff. So thank you for joining us today. Um, As always, uh, like and share for us, if you would, on your podcast platforms. Be praying for us as we kind of delve into this new thing this summer. And again, thank you for joining us as we grasp the Bible.